Combustible, the MAFSI podcast, is produced by the Metro Atlanta Firefighters Conference, an all-volunteer, always-nonprofit group of firefighters training other firefighters. We invite you to visit our website at www.maffc.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We must acknowledge the following sponsors without whom MAFSI couldn't exist. Scott Safety, Motorola, Delta Airlines, Georgia Fire and Rescue Supply, Blackman Mooring, 10-8 Fire Equipment, MES, Columbia Southern University, and Tempest Technology. Lastly, if you would like to make a tax-deductible donation and support our mission of building better firefighters, please find us on our GoFundMe page. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the participants' own and do not reflect the views of any organization the participant may be affiliated with, including but not limited to the Metro Atlanta Firefighters Conference and the Metro Atlanta Fire Officers Association. Welcome to Combustible, the Mafsi podcast. Uh, this is our sixth episode, and it's uh, actually a special episode. My name is Bill Voorhees. Uh, we're back again with uh, Hatch and uh, Shane Dobson. Also in the room, uh, we have Captain Greg Wise, uh, Lieutenant uh, Keith Minahan, and Firefighter Ethan Marco. Sorry about that, Ethan. Uh, and our guest for this very special podcast is uh, Frank Martinez again. Uh, we're sitting down with Frank for a very specific reason. Our last podcast was with Frank. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know Frank, Frank was with uh, or didn't listen to the last podcast, which I would suggest you absolutely go back and listen to after you listen to this one. Me too. And then listen to all the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Frank was, uh, is, has been with Atlanta Fire for uh, 10 years. Prior to that, he was with College Park. Spent uh, the majority of his time with uh, Atlanta on Squad 4, which, for anybody that doesn't know, is their heavy rescue. Uh, he was instrumental in developing the high-rise ropes class that has been taught at MAFC uh, for three years. A uh, very popular class. It's usually one of the ones that uh, fills up yeah, very, very quickly. Um, but the reason that we're talking to Frank today again uh, is that in 2015, January 31st, Frank was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we wanted to talk to him about, uh, about that, about cancer in the fire service uh, <clears throat> specifically, and also his involvement with the uh, House Bill uh, 216, uh, which is the firefighter uh, cancer bill in Georgia, uh, which has been pushed through the legisl legislature once, was vetoed by the governor, and is now uh, back in the legislature uh, trying to get through again. So, uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll start. Glad to have you back, Frank. Glad to be here, sir. You said special. Very I, special. I feel... I feel We're going to have that CBS special thing that, that yeah. rotates at the beginning, like at the beginning of the, the Charlie Brown Christmas and stuff like that. Oh, after God, special. I love that. Yeah, after, a, a very special Ooh, episode. Fred should be his own after-school special. Like, <laughs> what not to do. The cautionary tale. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why moms should stay home with their kids. <laughs> uh, let's start out, and I'm going to, uh, I need to tell our audience that uh, before today, I had not met Frank. Everybody else in the room uh, knows Frank through work and uh, through uh, just being friends, but um, I'm going to kind of play the part of the audience that doesn't know Frank and might not know some of these details 
Um, so I might ask questions that sound ignorant, uh, and it's because on some of this I am ignorant. Uh, so let me start uh, asking you about uh, January 31st, 2015. What was it that made you end up going, I'm assuming you went to the doctor and, and said, hey, I want to get checked? Well, first of all, that was an ignorant question, but, you know. <laughs> just teasing. Well, bring it. <laughs> but, uh, well, do you mind me going through the whole Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I tried, it was a Monday, and I was at work, and I kind of stay up late after everybody goes to bed, and I listen to the radio, make sure that uh, they're not leaving the squad out of uh, any one-story frames. <laughs> but So I was, it was about 2 in the morning, and I went to use the restroom, and I could not urinate. And I was stood there for about 10 minutes, and I'm like, all right, my legs are getting tired. And you know, the first thing I'm thinking is, oh my God, my prostate. Right. Sex. So <laughs> I made- This is the problem. Yeah, I made a, a decision flat out. I'm going to the doctor. Well, I had to work at part, my part-time job the very next day, which was Tuesday. So Tuesday, actually, everything cleared up. I felt fine. But I was like, you know, I'm still going to go to the doctor. So I waited for the boys to get home, picked them up. We went to the doctor. And I had been diagnosed, I had been having stomach problems for about eight months. And I had been diagnosed with ulcer. And you know, my mom would say, you know, hey, listen, ulcers actually heal. So I've been living off Nexium and Prilosec. So I went in and the doctor started pushing on my stomach and he hit this one spot in the uh, right corner. And I grabbed his hand and I was like, what? no, we're not doing right. that again. Right. And he said, well, you need to go. That was the one that he said, you need to go to, well, you need to take off work tomorrow and get a uh, CT, or I'm sorry, an ultrasound of your liver. And I was like, well, I got to work tomorrow. And then I got to work the next day at my part-time job. You know, they open on Saturday. And he was like, no, you need to go tomorrow and get an ultrasound of your liver. I said, sick day. So, <laughs> called up, went on sick leave, and uh, next morning, it was about seven in the morning. Before, the only time they could squeeze me in is before they actually opened. So the lady met, met me there, unlocked the door, so it was just her and I. And we started talking, and I told her I was a firefighter, and we had, you know, little rapport going on we're talking and I asked her I said listen I know you can't tell me anything but can you actually read what you're looking at and she's like yeah honey I've been doing this 20 years right I, I got it down I said okay cool she said but I can't diagnose and I said that's cool I, I don't need to know I was just curious so we're talking anyway she finishes it up kind of throws a towel at me and it's like clean yourself up and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt a little dirty. And I <laughs> you feel like you needed to pay her? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Happy ending ultrasound. <laughs> so, it's the best though. I'm coming here all the time. <laughs> so when I got up, she came over and gave me a big hug and said good luck. And I was like, hold on, you know, does this happen right. to everybody? You know? Right. So I, I was a little nervous and she said, Doc, probably get back with you by noon tomorrow. Cool. Go home, hanging around, and happened to look at my phone. I never turned my phone on. 
and I had like 13 missed calls. And I was like, oh man, this ain't good. My ex-wife, my doctor, my mom, of course, he's got, you know, his HIPAA skills aren't that good. So, <laughs> so he, the doctor had called all your family? Yeah, told him, hey, get a hold of Frank, he needs to call me immediately. So I, I called him first and he, uh, he told me, listen, they found some spots on your liver. Anytime that we see that, we assume it's coming from the colon. And he said, you need to go tomorrow and get a CT of your colon. So went through that whole process, got the CT. He opened his doors for me on Saturday and I had a bunch of people in the room. And he said, you know, he, he said, you have stage four colon cancer. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna deal with that. How many stages are there, like 30? And he said, well, there's four. Oh. And I was like, okay, you know. And then he went on to tell me that like John Terry had stage four colon cancer and ran for president or vice president, whatever he ran for. So I was like, all right, I dealt with it from there. Okay. Water? No, other than that eight months worth of stomach pain or stomach issues, and then the the urination. No, no other signs. Nothing that looking back that you thought maybe it was. And I guess the reason I ask is I don't know when they say stage four. How mm. long does that mean? Does it mean it's been there for years? They or does it said mean it that. just got there. No, it's they, fast growing. They told me that you know it could have been growing inside of me anywhere between two and seven years. Okay. And I will say this, there were some signs. Um, I don't want to go over the signs. Right. You know, but there were some weird things. But there and was also, st I, I'm, I'm assuming you basically explained it away with... The ulcer? You know, or, or you know, other things, Whatever. you know. Yeah. yeah, I ate something bad, I, you know. But, you know, that was towards the end. I mean, that was the, or not towards the end, but towards stage four. Okay. You know what I mean? So, and, and I mean, and that's what, you know, I think about is that you have to go that far in the growth, at least I did, to say anything about it, you know, to even really notice that something's going and, on. And we're the, us guys, we're the worst. That's why I ask you. So how many of us are sitting around going, man, that, yeah. this, this, this little thing or this little thing, what, you know what I mean? And I, you know what? I was over 40 and we do a job where... It's pretty physical, and I just figured I was over 40, you right. know. I, I did, honestly, I did feel more run down than usual, but, you know, I took more caffeine, you know. Right. Just, you know, again, I was over 40. I figured, all right, you know. But, uh, so, yeah, I really had no signs or symptoms leading up to that. Okay. So. Is there anything, uh, I mean, with all the figures that are coming out, which isn't it 62% yeah, is what they've yeah. come up with, uh, which is real, real close to being two-thirds of firefighters are expected to get cancer. Is there anything in your diagnosis or anything that the doctors were able to tell you that they were able to pin this on being a firefighter, being exposed to carcinogens and things like that? No, no. Um, I will say this. I did some genetic testing. And I have that particular gene that would allow me to get colon cancer, colon cancer only, um, 
more easily so than you're others. predisposed for yes. it more susceptible and to... and you know they they can't say whether the you know the job exacerbated it right you know or not and there's no way there's no way i'll ever be able to tell. That was a good paramedic word right there i know i felt pretty good about saying that <laughs> i don't know if i pronounced it right it's close enough. you yeah. did good which that right there is part of the problem with the bill right yes what he just said right and can you talk just briefly well you talk as long as you want but can you explain kind of sum up what what the bill is because i think there are a lot of firefighters across the country and specifically here in georgia who are either ignorant of the bill itself or don't really understand what the bill is trying to accomplish i have to admit that i'm one of those <laughs> well you you've got a you've got a a better perspective on it yeah. than most of us well to be honest, I didn't know much about it until after, actually, I may not have even known about it until after I was diagnosed, I'm not sure. So it was already, it was already... Yes, had been moving. It okay, was so through. it was in the state legislature and when you kind of attached yourself to it and tried right. to kind of, okay. Yeah, and really the only thing I did for the bill itself was show up and lend support. You know, there are so many people that work their butts off, and if I could use names, you know, uh, Jim Dawes, a retired chief from Atlanta, has been, you know, killing himself working on this. Michelle Ice, uh, Cherokee County, I believe, killing herself working on this. She taught last year at MAPSI. Yeah, she works his... Cobb, and then she lives up in... She works Cobb, I'm sorry. Okay. I said Cherokee. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, but yeah but she taught. She's put her heart and soul into it. Right. And, you know, I mean, she they deserve all the credit you know i just kind of put my face out there and said yeah i have cancer you know and okay. but i i would like to see and it's something that i should you know should probably talk to them about <clears throat> well first off what we would get through this bill from my best understanding is that we would get a chance where right now we don't have that chance to go in front of workman's comp and prove that we got cancer from the job Everybody here knows there's no way I'm going to be able to prove that. None, none of us can. So most other states have the presumptive law, which would naturally assume that if you have cancer and you're a firefighter, that you've got from, it from right, the job. Right. You know? So that, that's, that's not being proposed in Georgia. From what I know of on this second go-around, I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't believe it is. And the more, you know, as I learned that, I was, you know, I was devastated not for myself, but for the people that, you know, unfortunately get diagnosed after me, that, you know, they have to prove it in front of the workman's comp, right. you know, and, and that bothers me, you know. Well, having cancer is not hard enough. you got to go fight. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it, with the, having to prove that, I just think to me, I think... I'm almost happy that that didn't go through, right? Because once they change it, they're probably not going to do any favors to it for us later on. So it it wouldn't be, uh, in your opinion, something where that's the first step so that we can get that on the books and then move to a presumptive bill. You kind of think that once it was on the books, that was where it was going to stay. With my limited political knowledge, yeah. yes, I, okay. I believe that. Like you know, hey, we already did this. Now you want us to change it, right? So so. I'm, I'm uh, imagining that there are politicians at the state level that were 
championing this, that we're trying to move this yes. forward, that we're working with the people that you talked about? Mika Bravely is one. I'm going to put his name out there. Okay. Um, his his term, I uh, you know, what you would call him, I don't know. Okay. But he has really been pushing forward. He's the one that put, you know, his political career, I'd say, on the line. Right. You know, for this bill, and he's really been behind it. Right. So. What, um, do you know what his, I mean, is is he... He's, he's got firefighters in the family, or yes, he does. A, okay. Actually, he does. Uh, I believe Summer Cobb County firefighters. Okay. So. Okay. Um, did you end up working with those other than the one that you just mentioned? Did you end up working with some of those politicians? No, but I did see the lobbyists, and I'll and tell you what. I don't they, suppose the lobbyists were lobbying for the bill. No, no, not whatsoever. And I watched them work. You know, right. they're sharks. You know, they're, they're all snakes, if you ask me. Well, but, and they're they're kind of hired guns. Yeah. They'll argue anything. Yeah. As know, we would as go... As paying them, I think. I'm sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. As we would go, and we talked to each, each, you know, representative or whatever, they would follow right behind us and present their case, you know. Did you ever hear any of their cases? No. No, I never stuck around long <laughs> enough. It was one of those, you know, I was being pulled, and... I would have liked to. I would have yeah, liked to have sat back. what their angle is. I would have loved to have <clears throat> debated them, you know, in front right. of that representative. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it safe to say that the angle that they might have would be the financial oh, I'm sure. burden that a bill like this puts on the right. companies the that they recommend, companies, you know, right. that represent? That's weak. It is weak. Yeah. Um, because, well, I'm getting into my personal opinion personal feelings on insurance but insurance is there for when you need it mm -hmm. uh, but you know um, okay uh, Governor Deal vetoed the legislation it made it through uh, the state legislature mm -hmm. and then Governor Deal vetoed it correct and uh, did you see that coming was that a surprise yeah actually I thought I, I really thought with the momentum that the bill had that he was, you know, he was on board. Right. Turns out he's a wussy, and he, he caved. Right. Did y'all ever get to talk to him, or were y'all just dealing no. with representatives and yeah, legislators? That, yeah, we never actually got to talk to him about it. Okay. I, I don't believe I've ever actually even met him or seen him. He was not there at the, uh, where it went through the Senate, where I was actually at. He was not there for that, so... But yeah, and, and I think he caved, man. I think he caved to the pressure, you know, all the cities. And I mean, I don't know if you want to jump off on that, but you know, the cities don't want to have to deal with that. You right. know? So they, they had their lobbyists and it, the lobbyists talked to him, obviously. And I don't want to make it sound like I think that the legislation was weak because that's not, not what I want to say, but the fact that the legislation put the burden on the firefighter to mm -hmm. prove almost makes it seem like you'd be able to say, you know what, we're going to pass this, but nobody's going to be able to prove it, so it really doesn't matter. So let's just go ahead and do it. Right. I, it it kind of surprises me that there was right, as much a, a pressure right, to keep no. this from happening, uh, you know, that you're describing from, from lobbyists. Um, Is there a possibility somebody told the governor that it wasn't presumptive and if he passed this one, we'd never get the other one passed? <clears throat> What do you think, Frank? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I mean, he might have done a good thing. Yeah. But yeah. nobody's talked to it. Right. Well, and that's yeah. Or communicated that out. We right. We, right. we talk about that a lot at work. Uh, Shane and I do uh, about the idea of you know we don't know that you're fighting for us or that you're on our side unless you tell us you are. Yeah. And that lack of communication leaves us to fill in the blanks. And you're right. He might have been doing it for the right reasons, but he hadn't told us. Yeah. Somebody Maybe might have got can. to talk to it. Yeah. Sure. And That's a big him, if. But if we make this presumptive, then it's going to be a lot better for the firefighters. Right. Right. We pass this, we can't make it that way. We're, they're not going to change it after we pass right. it. Right. So the legislation we're running opinion. through now, we don't know, and I don't know this, and I, I, I hate that I don't. We don't know if it's presumptive, Bill, or not, do we? Right. We just, we just don't know. That's something that I wanted to touch on, if you don't mind. No, please. You know, and, and again, I should talk to Jim and Michelle about this, you know, but if we could, you know, before I was diagnosed, if we got a memo, you know, just talking about the bill at the station, it was passed out, you know, skip, I don't have cancer, you know, I think that it really needs to be uh, presented to the firefighters as, look, you know, this can happen and one out of every four of you, it's going to happen too. So at minimum, one right. out of every four. So w this is what this bill will do for you. And actually explain the benefits, right. you right. know, because in your presumptive, non-presumptive, um, you know, workman's comp board, I, I don't pay any attention to that, you know. You send me a picture of, of a Halligan and I'm, oh, awesome. But, you know, as far as... <laughs> it's new. Yeah. All these words with the state representative... Uh, Out of here. Sleeping right. away. So, but, I mean, yeah, we should really present it to each other in, in a case of, look, look, this may happen to you. I mean, there's a, very big, there's a very big chance that it might, you know, you chose a job that's going to get you cancer. Right. So, this is what we, this is what this bill will do. And you know, get behind it, support it, show up. You know, yeah. you go ahead. You kind of make me. You just kind of put the ball in my court a little bit, and um, pass. Maybe I should have. <laughs> maybe I should do more research on my own and make sure I do my part of champion those efforts out, and that we as individual firefighters know. And it's not just something you, you know scoot right on by. You need to think about this. Well, well you need to put it in places yeah. where firemen are interested in reading it. Yes. Well, like the union has put in every station a bulletin board. Right. They're all going to read that because what if it's about my raise or what if it's mm -hmm. about my benefits? Well, I think the officers have, you I mean, you could do it your morning muster. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it's not going to flow down from that way. I've always said put it on the back of the stall door. That's what the anywhere is everybody reads that. That's right. <laughs> but anywhere they're going to actually read it and not right. skim over. And on the union bulletin board, they actually stop and pick the papers up and go through them and read them because, like I said, it's about their money right. or benefits or what's coming down the pike as far as promotions. So if it's on there, they're going to actually pick it up. Right. It's, we need places like that. I'm probably not going to stop and read it. You know, but you, that's a great point. You know, you have people that would stop and read it, not me. Right. You you said um, just a minute ago. You said uh, we've chosen a job that gets that gives us cancer. Mm. How many? How how? What do you feel? 
most firefighters feel about that? I mean, is it is there a complacency because we've chosen it? Is it like a soldier that says, well, right. soldiers get yeah, shot. Get shot. That's right. what I signed up for. I, I don't think anybody signed up to get cancer. No. But there is a, there's a, I think there is an undercurrent with firefighters that, and whether it's not wearing a BA during overhaul, mm-hmm. uh, keeping your gear just nasty because it shows that you were in the, the shit, you know, um, that kind of stuff is counter to what we claim. And, and you talked a good bit in the last podcast about brotherhood mm-hmm. and, you know, what are we, what are we doing in the station with our brother and sister firefighters if we're not kind of driving this point home and saying, right. hey, I care about you. We need to change this. Sure. Now, I, you know, and I'm actually going to, I just want to say to everybody, the love and support that I've gotten is just amazing. And I haven't been able to thank everyone individually. I mean, there's just so many people. I mean, so so many strangers. Right. And I, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. But what was the point? We were <laughs> we were talking about firefighters being complacent. But let's let's go back to let's we'll, we'll table that for just a second. The brain is it kind of screwed and, me up a little you bit. You know, um, you're talking about uh, being able to to thank everybody and those strangers. And I, I want to make sure the listeners understand um, something about the podcast. The last podcast you did, and we told you these numbers before uh, we started, uh, the last podcast, Frank's podcast, was listened to almost five times as much as any other podcast, which says something. Even in our previous podcast. Any, uh, yes, not every podcast in the world. Uh, but... We'd like to <laughs> that speaks to, you know, that that's not, it, it didn't have anything to do with, it had a little bit to do with reaching a broader audience. But I think most of that, and Hatch and Shane and I have talked about it, most of that had to do with who we talked to. Right. And you, you have that many uh, people out there that are, uh, that are, like you said, supporting you and, and you know. Love you, pulling yeah. for you, looking out for you, you wanting know. to know more about you. So it's it, amazing. You know, you you don't know. You say you don't know how to. Are you? You know, you haven't had an opportunity to talk to them, thank to them. This is it. I. I mean, I. Just sitting down and doing this with us is huge. Uh, you. It doesn't show my appreciation. Well, no. not you, not as much as it should. You're you're working on the the bill. Uh, which, for the most part, none of us, I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to claim ignorance on it, you know. I'm not proud of that. But, uh, you know, you, you were doing things for those people before they they turned around and started doing them back for you, you know. Well, it shows yeah. how much of an impact he's had on Absolutely. everybody he's met. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and again, everybody has been so open and so kind, it's hard not to reciprocate that, you know. But, as you know, I kind of remember what, where I was going with that last point, okay. everybody has been so just amazing and so supportive. But maybe you know, in the true realm of brotherhood, should we start being amazing and supportive before it's a reactionary right. sign? And hey, man, sit down. Let's talk about this bill. Nobody wants to do it, and I apologize to any listeners. You know, this is definitely. 
it's not as fun and jokey as the last podcast, you know. <laughs> but it's I think it's important, you know what I mean? I think Absolutely. that we can show each other love before they we get to that stage to where, you know, you're bringing me a card saying, hey, you know, I mean, and I, not for me because I have, you know, I chose this life. I chose this career. Um, I chose not to wear my SCBA during overhaul, whatever, whatever, you know, but I don't expect anyone, anything from every, anyone and everyone has just blown me away, right. you know, but if I had to do it over again, I'll, I'm pretty sure, you know, with the time that they've given me, I'm not going to get back in the house. But if I could, I would actually talk to, to anyone, young guys, old guys, you know, and be like, hey, you know, let's let's do this. I would actually take time out, you know, instead of, you know, let's take one day off of looking at ladders and throwing ladders and let's actually, you know, talk about this. You know, and I think that that is probably going to be substantial if we start doing that. I think it'll have an impact, you know. What What do you think would be the, to battle that complacency uh, in, a, in a department or in a profession like firefighting, um, there's, there's got to be a tipping point from where I sit where more people are doing the right thing than fewer people. You know, right. so does it take, like you said, sitting down in the station and let's say squad four, what shift were you on? A shift. All right. Squad four, a shift. You sit down at the table and you say, guys, from here on out, we're, uh, we're going to be the example, you know, our gear is going to be clean and we're going to, uh, wear BAs during overhaul and never done happen. Well, Why? You know, but if if the rest of the department, if those young impressionable firefighters especially saw that the tough Jakes on Squad Four are doing it, that's the right thing to do. You know, does that does that start pushing? Does that move us toward that tipping point where it becomes the not the, the role modeling the behavior? That you want exactly, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, and I would say, you know. Let's not use squad as the example because I was a wussy. I'm not a tough Jake, but, you know, leaders, you know, guys like Greg Wise, you know, he, if he was doing something, I would look at him and be like, you know, hey, you notice he's doing this. Hey, he's not afraid to keep his BA on third right. overall, you know, or, or, you know, Doug, if Doug over here, you know, was, you know, eating healthy or, you know, I'm not going to question it. That's a big right. if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm going to eat healthy. It's right. not an you if know. I wear my VA in overhaul. Absolutely and all of not. My guys do. Not, and, you know, it isn't enough. But it, it is a starting point. Well, and it's know? one thing that we change policy, you know, as a department that we do that. But it really takes, you know, somebody having ownership of it. Oh my gosh, look at those guys. I wish my felt some pressure. Look at that. Nothing happened. <laughs> What's the rooster? You know, but it, it takes those guys, you know, those key guys, those guys that everybody looks to, you know, for the, the, the nod of, yeah, this is what we're going to do now to take ownership of it and start doing it themselves. I mean, it's one thing, you know, we use the policies to hold you accountable. Well, we don't want to do that. We, we'd rather have the, the change, a cultural change. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. The behavior be modified and these guys actually start doing these things. 
and it's it's we're not we don't want to be punitive about especially about something like this. You know, we want these guys to live longer. I mean, that's the ultimate way. What does way. punitive mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't use the big words. Use one syllable. Lower it down. Bring it down for me. I can speak on some of that. I got a, my insight on that. For one thing, two what things. What you being quiet? I'm just kidding. I love this. Keep on going. <laughs> two things have to change. One is the, I'm a man mentality on the fire department. And I'm not going to do it that way because nobody else has. Hell right? yeah. And denial. Another one is myself. I hate talking about it. Yeah. And that's a problem. I need to not be afraid to talk about it, right. but I'm not there. Right. And I think that's going on in half of the department. Oh, I think you're right. And it's kind of leads where I was, where I was thinking it's, it brings up the point, uh, individuals like yourself, like Hatch, myself, Bill, all of us, you're, you, you're leaders in the department, whether you like it or not. You know, you can just sit back all you want and say, hey, I'm just... I'm just coming to work, or I'm just being a firefighter, or I'm being an officer. But the fact of the matter is, people are watching you. And there are those individuals out there that people are really, really paying attention to. I, how I they definitely do business. Let's Greg. put a spotlight on the only firefighter in the room, Ethan. What? Not you. Well, not you. <laughs> you're, the, you're the guest. I'm talking about <laughs> Ethan, so what, what would it take for you to change that culture? Uh, <clears throat> like you guys say, uh, you know, just... Looking at people like, you know, Frank and, and Doug and uh, the guys that, you know, you really look up to that know the job that, you know, are teaching you from the time you come on. Uh, if they start, you know, changing and you're wearing their BAs during overhaul, uh, you know, I, I think you'll see a good change. Keith, you're a leader in your department, you know, would you put that out there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we started, uh, actually, we were talked about having a, uh, the driver on the initial attack going up and taking a reading because, like you said, we had to prove it. Right. And I know uh, my friend of mine's department, they put in an air handling system that's supposed to pull the exhaust out. But, uh, unfortunately, it's not working. So The air hawk, the, the box? Yes. Yeah. yeah so, I'm, I'm... if you're sitting in a seat or, or you know, you're, you're the plug man, and they're backing in, you're getting the exhaust. You know, and we, we thought, matter of fact, yesterday, <clears throat> we were, I was like, man, somebody needs to take a reading. You know, just so we can prove the outcome of it. But the one thing about what you were saying before, um, me and Frank have been guilty. We, we've been on fires, and we worked, worked, and we'd all be sitting over there, and we'd be like, well, that was a couple of years off our life. Yeah, yeah. right. Still got hey, the hood we've all said it. Yeah. Sure. Still got the hood around the And you know, the funny thing is, you said teeth. You know, there's been many times we've been in the squad, the monitor will be on, coming back from a cool CO call, and we'll pick up readings that are crazy in the rig. You know? I mean, that's... I mean, we're all driving around with right. that, you know, especially older older rigs, you know what I mean? It's So, I mean, not only are we exposed in the house, to in our gear, in the station, but now, you know, the rig is getting us, too. So, and that's something, you know, I completely forgot until you brought that up. You kind of already hit on, you know, what, what specifically, what behaviors we'd want firefighters to change. Specific to cancer. Mm -hmm. um, 
BAs, hoods. Are, are there any others that, you know, washing your gear? Um, but every one of these fights with the mythic image of a firefighter, mm-hmm. you know? Are there any other ones that you can think of that... I mean, honestly, the only thing, and this doesn't have to do with the job, but, you know, live clean. You know, if you want, you're already down a notch from everybody else. You know, you've already got one up against you. So you need to treat yourself better. You know, and I mean, and I don't know what that is. I mean, there's a new crazy fad diet out there every day, you know. And most guys will follow that fad because it's not really necessarily about being healthy. It's about looking good. You know, instead, let's be healthy. Right. You know, and let's promote that. So, I mean, really, that's the only thing I can think of. It's just uh, outside of the job, it doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Right. Keep Keep your, uh, I don't want to say the word safety because it's disgusting. Well, we all got to unite. All of the departments got to get together for this cause. Yeah. You know, because it, it's like, you know, the, the neighboring department to us, you know, they think they're better than us. We think we're better than them. When we get mutual aid, the fact of the matter is, this is going to touch the majority of us at some point in time. They've yeah. already proven our gear doesn't prevent us, you know, from the contaminants coming in. We're in the nastiest stuff there is. Right. Yeah, but if we all join together, you know, and, and fight, fight for together. this cause, I feel we'll have a bigger impact. Right. Well, I feel like the the two most important parts of fighting fire are ignored as far as when it comes to cancer, and that's in overhaul without a BA and keeping your gear on. Mm-hmm. I've done that for 26 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, until oh, there I had my before we weren't allowed to bring gear into the you know into quarters. Yeah. There were winter days where I didn't yeah. take my bunker pants off. That was we yeah. kept our bunker pants in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's just, you know, yeah. So you could dress up. That's right. And people still go to a fire, come back to the station at one. Not now as much because you're taking it off before you go in the quarters, but leave your hood right around your neck, and it's dirty and filthy from. Because these oh, are yeah. high absorption areas. We know that for a fact. Does everybody shower after a fire? That, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. That's right? the kind of stuff that needs to be changed. I mean, the gear uh-huh. being in a locker by itself is okay, but. I think the, that coming back and truly thinking about that decon process right. when you come out of that fire, get in the shower, get everything cleaned off. Right. It, you know, for us, I've had guys actually a lot of pushback on this, you know, talking about, you know, you, you were the ones to stay out of service. You know, what if we miss another fire? Kind of things like that. And I'm like, you got to look at the, the, the preventive side. We're trying to be proactive on some of this right. stuff. You know, we're not trying to keep you out of another fire, you know. I had a discussion about, they really want me to put my turnout pants on or get dressed back out. I can't wear my shorts and stuff. And I'm like, guys, we're trying to do a good thing here. Right. Stop stop pushing back so hard. That goes back to the mentality of being in denial. In the back of their mind, they know it's there, but hey, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, And that's something I can say as a firefighter is the memo comes down, hey, you can't do this. Give me a reason. You know, give me the overall picture and I, I'll be able to understand it, you know. But most of the time, you don't get that, that hey, listen, you know, the administration is, cares about you. We want you to, you're not allowed to do this because, you know, not I'm just not do to what I say. Here. Yeah. Right. This is why. But yeah, as the administration, I would like to know too, that. we need to look at how it changes the impact on the firefighter. You know, for myself or some of the other guys above me, you know, Shane, 
it's been a while since we rode the trucks. So when we're saying, you know, that you got to do this, you got to do overhaul. And when did we ever do that? You know, yeah, we've right. never done it, but we're asking somebody else to do it. We have to understand the impact that that's causing, that changes. Sure. The amount of calls that are always increasing. Right. The longer that they're staying out, the documentation that's required. We're constantly asking for these guys, oh, you know, why used to ride the trucks? It was different when we did it. Realize yeah. that and realize that impact and get that feedback from these guys before we make the changes. But Marty Green, one of our previous guests on the podcast, one of the best things that he, or one of the things that he was the greatest at, was he was able to okay, take we people? Know you're a fan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he didn't mean that, Marty. He'd take you to the side. <laughs> he'd tell you to do something like that, and you didn't want to do it. He'd take you to the side, and he'd tell you, "I I care about you. I want you to be okay. You know, I'm not telling you to do this just because I want you to do something that I didn't have to do, but you know, and a lot of people took that. Some some probably didn't, but um, I think that's. That's a huge part of it. I think we sit around and we throw the word brotherhood around like it's nothing. But, you know, are you really walking the walk or, you know? I'd like to see, you know, let's start a campaign, you know, base it on Frankie because of Frank. You guys go get checked. Guys in your wellness programs, you know, get your PSAs done, you know, go get colonoscopies, whatever it is, and be because of Frank. Can we get an older picture of me for that? You know where I look pretty good? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> have an older picture about? of me <laughs> now. Uh, you know, you want to look like this, you want to look like this. You know, <laughs> Skeletor. But because of Frank, I mean... No, you know, I don't... You, that's, you put, you're putting it out there. Why not a hashtag? Brotherhood? Let's, let's brotherhood Why this. not a hashtag because yeah. of Frank? Because of Frank. Went and got my PSA read today. Right. Put that hashtag down at the bottom. And if your department doesn't have a wellness program, get with a department that does and see what you can do to get it, you know, push through your department. And let's, right. Let's get this thing moving. Let's let's you know let's keep that brotherhood going. Let's keep as many guys and save as many guys as we can. If you put it to the department in the sense of it will save you this much money, if we don't get sick, they're going to come through right. with that wellness program. As opposed to, okay, or you should not do it in Wallace, you don't get sick. Yeah, but just like Keith said, you know, we got to drop that whole, you know, we're better than your department, whatever. They're, you know, we get a lot of this working in Roswell. You know, mm-hmm. we, we share a lot of ideas. Man, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If there's another department that's already done it, done all the legwork, all you got to do is just kind of role model it after mm-hmm. that and just move forward. Frank, I don't have any more questions, and I want to... What? <laughs> what do you get? That I've run out. What he's saying is this, <laughs> this podcast is not fun. It's no, not it's no. boring. What I wanna do what I wanna do now maybe we should make it fun. Yeah. Well what I wanna do now is I wanna let I wanna turn it over to you. Okay. Um and you know, you've you've got an opportunity to speak to whoever you want right now. You, you don't normally let people get like an M sixty and just go nuts with it and that's what you're about to do right now? Why not? <laughs> Safety, I'm safety off. Be nice. I, you know what? I, re- I reserve myself to be nice on this. First of all, I, I can't thank everyone enough. Um, everybody in this room, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Well, we appreciate yeah. you doing it. Thank you for letting me talk. Thank you to every firefighter, every stranger. My entire family has been... Just, I, all I can say, and you guys always get mad at me, I don't deserve that. You know, I have done nothing. I'm just some dude who got cancer, you know, and I've been treated like a king. 
you know, and, and I really, man, I can't say how much I appreciate it, you know, and, you know, it, make, it makes me happy in my little heart. But, so that being said, but, um, what, help me out, where are we well, at? Well, I'll, I'll say that, you know, I came over and the house is full of people. You got you got Constantly. people all around you. Constantly. Um that's it a, keeps me up. Well you know, it keeps my spirits up for right. sure, you know. That's oh, that's a huge true. thing. He's laughing because he thought it made you it literally yeah. keeps you up. Oh, that's I can't sleep. Yeah. They need to leave. leave. Somebody tell them to leave. Yeah. It's done that as well. Yeah, hours of eight and eight people. We're gonna have to do that about twice. Yeah. <laughs> but well, you know, I again I, I say and I said last time, man, you're reaping what you sowed. You are a great yeah. guy and people respond to you you're charismatic and they enjoyed working with you or interacting with you before you got cancer cancer mm -hmm. was just the focal point that they came and coming and showing you right but i mean your personality is what what got all this started well it's my know, sling ability. i'd ask them i'd ask shane and Hatch about you and you know the i'm not going to go you know go over what they said but it was <laughs> <a couple. laughs> nothing nothing but nothing but good stuff good or know? bad whether he's yeah. respected as a fireman right. or a person all the way around. Right. So touched a lot of people. Well, thank you. And, you know, my, my my girlfriend supported the heck out of me. She did a great job. My ex-wife has been phenomenal. You know, just, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, it, and I haven't, that's a weird combination, but, you know, they put aside themselves to care for someone else. And, you know, I think that's amazing. My boys, you know, they're young, um, and they're, they're both very sensitive to the situation. And, of course, they tell everybody. You know, I get introduced. Right. This is my dad. He's a firefighter. He has cancer. So, <laughs> okay. You want to see my tumor? You can actually see it. Check it out, sir. But I think you're just ringing me up at the grocery store. Right? Yeah, <laughs> here it is, right next to the belly button. There you go. But nah, so I just I can't say enough the gratitude that that I have, you know, for everything. And if that can help, you know, if this is a big hubbub and there's stuff all over Facebook about it, maybe it's gonna help the next person, you know, and that's. You know, I keep saying I haven't left my mark on the fire service. I really haven't, and I'm, I'm pretty pissed about that because it's just getting cut short. But if I can do something for the next guy that, or next girl that has to go through this, then, you know, that's I'll be happy. Like, I will, I'll have left my mark, and I'll be able to deal with that, you know? Well, I think you've left your mark. I, nah. I think you've left it probably more It's like realize. a skid mark. But, <laughs> I wasn't going to call it a skid mark. Yeah. It's a mark. <laughs> but no, I, I just appreciate everything. And, and again, I'm going to put something out on Facebook. It's not going to be nearly enough or touch as many people that I would like it to. But I, I just I can't say thank you enough. Everybody's amazing. And, again, we talked last episode about you know the brotherhood I, I would yeah again I thought I got duped you know right. going into the fire service I didn't believe in it or I, I did believe in it but after 10 years you know I was like now nah, there ain't no such thing after 13 years now there ain't such thing and now I'll fight you to the death 
because it's there, you know. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, we just need something to rally around. You know, I got lucky, so. <laughs> well, do you think I turned my beard? Like, did I? I think it looks, looks awesome. You think it was yeah. really nice? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I, nice I don't have a guard, so I actually had to kind of. Oh, yeah, that would explain yeah. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to bring us to the end, unless you got something else. No, All I'm right. good. I've purged. We uh, we at Combustible want to thank Frank. Uh, this was a, a real honor to sit down with you, and, and to do it a second time was real special. We appreciate it. Special. Um, <laughs> You like that. I do. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure that we thank uh, Greg Wise and Keith Minahan and Ethan Marco for being here with us as well. And, uh... <laughs> what? They can't see it. <laughs> He's very special. <laughs> All right, look, oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> this is when we need to start videoing. Yeah, 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 we're, we're going to gonna have to... to Put some video to it to <laughs> capture very, some very of this other special. stuff. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you joining us uh, once again. Uh, you know, this is all with MAFSI. Uh, MAFSI's coming up in May, uh, May 11th through 14th, 2017. Check out the website, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. And let's start the campaign, you know, because of Frank. Get because your, MAPSI. Get your hashtag because, because of Frank. Hashtag because of Frank. Because I of think Frank. that works. That's right here at Frank. There That's you right. go. That's that's been said before, but it's never with a good connotation. Uh, why are you doing that? Because of Frank. This is normally the positive because yeah. of Frank. He said. Yeah. Oh, we're loading this again. So, yeah. So because, because of Frank. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just stand back here. Let's be more aware. Let's get checked because of Frank. Absolutely. Be aware. Take care. <laughs> Call me here. Shave your hair down there. <laughs> so this is the fun part now. Just let's go. Yeah. Because we're done. Thank you. Yeah.